the three most important words for us to put into our reality is he is risen. The, the, the most impactful words that we could, uh, that we could put into our, 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 our lives. Um, you ever, uh, so I'm taught, wanna welcome uh, 11.30 a.m. service, wanna welcome you. You ever felt like you've just talked a lot? I, I just gotta say, I've, I feel like I've heard myself a lot. The fourth message that we've, that we've preached in the last two days. So, um, but we're believing that God has saved the best for last because I told uh, second service uh, that they looked a lot more beautiful than first service. And first service looked pretty beautiful. And uh, let me say that as I pan the audience, uh, you guys look even more beautiful. You guys are amazing. And, and I just believe that God brought you here today because he wants to speak a word into your life. Um, that is going to help you in this year of 2023. How many of you would say that you're walking and experiencing the power of the resurrection on a daily basis? How many of you would say that? Amen. And if you're not, uh, here, here's what I want to say to you. My, my hope is that when you leave here today, that you will experience his power, his goodness, his grace. I had a young lady that uh, after the service, uh, uh, this, this last service that we just had, that came out and she said, uh, I, I just, I, I, I want to know that, that this is life-changing and I don't want to miss it. And so we had about 26 people that gave their life to Jesus in the last service. And then she came up and she, uh, she uh, said, I, I, I don't want to leave here without, you know, she wasn't one of the ones that had said yes to Jesus, but she said, I don't want to leave here without experiencing this, uh, this Jesus that you're talking about. And so she gave her life to Jesus on the way out the door. So I don't know what God's going to do here, but I do know that he's good. I do know that for sure. And uh, I want for us to go into the, into the word of God right now. Um, and we're going to read the narrative of, of chapter 20 of the Gospel of John. And we have been in John's gospel uh, for over a year. We're, we're finishing up. We're climaxing with Easter. Uh, and so we've been really, that's a lot of messages on John. And, and the, the, the apostle John finishes up with, uh, with the resurrection. And that's where we're going. So we're going to go to chapter 20, verse 1. Um, I'm going to be reading from the NLT. Uh, it's, in your, it's in your outline. It's also, if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to open that up. And, uh, and read along with me. And if not, it'll be on the screen. It'll be there for you so that you guys can, can follow along. Uh, so John starts out by saying this in, in verse 1 of chapter 20. Early on Sunday morning, what, what are we, what day is it today? I, I didn't hear you. Sunday, yeah. So, so Sunday morning, uh, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. I'm going to pause real quick and just kind of give you a little bit of um, understanding. So uh, the Jewish believers used to meet on the Sabbath, which is Saturday. And here we find that, that uh, Jesus rose from the grave on Sunday. And after this happened, the, the Christ followers, Jesus' followers, began to meet together on the first day of the week. So that's why Christians have church or, or the gathering on Sundays. Amen? Tell us right there. And she, Mary Magdalene, she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple 
the one whom Jesus loved. Now, I love this. I've been sharing it with every service because it's something that I was just laughing about uh, as I came into today's and yesterday's message. Uh, the, 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 the gospel writer is John, okay? It's saying, uh, and, and, he, and he's writing. So I want you to notice that in his narrative, he says, the one whom Jesus loved. He, he, he said, he loves me. He didn't say anything about Simon Peter, but he says me. Now, if, when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, hey, John, you're a bragger, bro. Because you didn't even put Peter in there. You just said, you know, he loves you. Um, so the one whom Jesus loved. And she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. And Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. And they were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So not only did he say, Jesus loves me, he also said, I'm faster than him. Right? So slowpoke, Simon Peter is behind me. I don't know if you guys see this in the narrative. When I'm reading the Bible, I'm like seeing all kinds of things. And so, so he outran Peter and uh, reached the tomb first. And he stooped in and looked and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside, and he also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Now, this is important to us, I think. I haven't shared it with the other three services, but I want to share it with you. Do you notice the detail in the narrative? You notice how he's saying, you know, the, one of, of the wrappings was folded, one was left out. Do you notice the detail? You ever written something and it's, it's detailed? And you do it for a reason, right, so you don't forget. Amen. One of, my, one of my sons recently became, uh, they, they put him to, to manage in a, uh, in a company, and, and he said, Dad, what, what advice do you give me? I said, write things down so that you won't forget. Amen? So this kind of speaks to, to, to that fact right there. So he was very detailed about what he was saying. Uh, verse 8, then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, I mean, who, who, who's bragging about that, also went in, and he saw and believed for until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said, Jesus must rise from the dead. Then he went home. Emphasis on scriptures. Okay, emphasis on scriptures. Here's my first takeaway that I would like for you to, to, to kind of package and, and, and put in your pocket and, and take it with you. Um, and then throughout the week, I want for you to process what I'm saying uh, the first takeaway is that the resurrection of Jesus is true. The more time that we get from an event or something that's happened in history, the more likely it is for us to forget, to doubt, or to be skeptical. I don't know if you know this, but some people in modern times they doubt the Holocaust. They deny the fact that the Holocaust actually occurred. I've heard it from my own ears. And they say it might have or, or might not have happened. I, for one, visited Europe between my freshman and my sophomore year. I went to Europe. I, I uh, went with a friend of mine and with two other, uh, uh, two teachers, uh, professors, and we went there. And my parents gave me $200 for 42 days in Europe. 
That's a lot of salami and cheese, let me tell you. And we were there for these 42 days. But I'll never forget going to Germany and going to the place where the Holocaust had occurred. And there was, going there, I did not know the Lord. I, 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 you know, I was a teenager. You know, my hormones were going, I did nothing. But there was something that happened when I stepped onto those grounds. And there was an eerie feeling that came into my emotions and stirred my heart. There was something that had happened there that needed to be noted. I remember in that trip going from, uh, in those 42 days, going from Vienna, Austria, from Austria into Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia was a communist country. Anyone remember Yugoslavia? Raise your hand if you remember that country. And, and so I remember going into that country and, and going through customs as, as these uh, uh, soldiers came onto the, the train and the eerie feeling that I felt and even the understanding at a young age how blessed we are to live in the United States of America. I, I remember going and seeing the Berlin Wall that stood. Anyone heard about the Berlin Wall? Uh, so in 1989, the Berlin Wall was destroyed, but I went there in about 1982. And I can still remember that to this day. And those things are, are written for a reason. And it speaks to us about what the Apostle John wrote. Um, he documented, and he said, until then, the disciples didn't understand the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. You see, before they had the, the, the New Testament, which is what we read today, which I'm reading from the New Testament, they had the Old Testament, and those scriptures predicted that there would be a Messiah that would come, that would fulfill everything that God wanted him to fulfill, and he would be the hope of not only the people of Israel, but for the world, and that he would suffer and he would die, but that he would be raised from the dead, and, and, and it means something when we look back and we understand that this documentation is true. So there was a guy that, was, that came onto the campus about 14 years ago, and we were, at that time, getting ready to expand this building. The, 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 the wall was right where it opens up. So right where, where you see the door, doorways, that's where the wall used to be. And we had outgrown this building, and we needed to expand. And, and in that time, I, uh, uh, through uh, circumstances and through God ordaining this uh, friendship that, that was going to be established, uh, I met a guy that was going to help us, and his name was uh, Gary White. And I'll never forget that Gary came, and he came out of a desperate place in his life. He was fighting addiction. He was fighting all kinds of demons in his life. And he, but he was a great, great builder and a, a contractor from the Phoenix area who had built many big buildings that still stand in, in, in the valley. Uh, we met through coincidence, and he pointed me to Gary White. Well, Gary came, and God began to move in his life. And so he expanded this building for us. He, he added on to our student center, which is now filled with children because of Easter. And then he came back very recently and said, the Lord has placed on my heart that I need to help you guys with what's going on at the other campus. And so right now he's remodeling our cafe, our coffee shop, and, uh, and he's doing that. Well, he has a dog. 
that, 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 that accompanies him, and he loves this dog. And so he, he throws a ball to this dog all the time. And so, you know, you know, a ball and a dog are like, you know, uh, white rice and soy sauce. They go together. It's like a taco and salsa. You can't have one without the other. And so he throws this ball, and, and, and so the dog uh, took the ball under the platform, which is a lot lower there in Kearney. And he, the, the, so the, he left the, the ball there. So, so Gary was looking for that ball and looking for that ball, and he looked under the stage, and he saw, saw that the ball was there. And, it's, and it's, so he said, I'm going to just go ahead and try to go get this ball for my dog. And he went under the stage, and as he's going over there, he found a, a program, a bulletin from 1969. And he brings it to me, you know, following the, the days following, and he says, here, Pastor, I found this bulletin. And he says, do you know any of these people? I said, Gary, I was two years old when, when, when this bulletin was printed. I said, I was still nursing for my mama, bro. He said, Pastor, at two years old, I said, I went to five, bro. I nursed till I was five. And, and, and then I, I transitioned from, from nursing from my mama to a burrito. I just, just a quick transition. But, but the, but the re reality is that documentation was, was so important because those names meant something. Those people, those events that they had, they meant something. And I read it yesterday to the, to the, the, the patriarchs and the matriarchs of that campus. And they were, their eyes just lit up. Their emotions were stirred because they remembered those people. And that's what we do when we remember Scripture, that the Scriptures are true. And when it talks to us about the resurrection of Jesus, we can rely on, the, on that because the Bible does not lie to us. We can rely on it. We can, we can say that is so, so true. And so the, 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 the truth of the resurrection, the fact of the resurrection, it brought clarity to the early disciples. And it brings clarity to us in modern times. It was so impactful that it transformed their lives from that day forward. Just like it's transforming our lives from the day that you receive Jesus until the day you go and see him on your last breath. Hank Hennegraaff, a wonderful scholar, he, he, he wrote this, and, and, I, and I quote, he said, what happened as a result of the resurrection is unprecedented in human history. In the span of a few hundred years, a small band of seemingly insignificant believers succeeded in turning an entire empire upside down. As has been well said, the, they faced the tyrant's brandished steel, the lion's gory mane, and the fires of a thousand deaths because they were utterly convinced that they, like their master, would one day rise from the grave in glorified, resurrected bodies. You see, most people aren't going to die for something that is false. And from this passage, we see that it changed Mary Magdalene's life from that day forward. Because she went from despair to joy. If we continue reading that chapter, that narrative, in, in verse 11, it says, Mary was, was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. That, that's, a, that's a place of despair. 
Verse 12, she, she saw two white-robed angels and sitting at the, at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. And, dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have put him. And if Jesus had not risen, the narrative of Mary's life would be completely different. Here's a woman that had been cleansed from seven demons. Her emotional stability was put intact. Her mental state was cleansed. A lie will never transform your life. A lie cannot set you free. But if the truth sets you free, you will be free indeed. So here on on that first Easter morning, Mary was confronted with, with her deliverer and her savior. The narrative continues. She turned to leave and she saw someone standing there. It was it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? She, he, Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? And she thought that he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. And she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. And that despair turned into present joy. Jesus said, don't cling to me. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And she gave them his message. And she went from bad news in the morning to good news in the afternoon. And the truth of the resurrection sends you out with good news. Every person that is gone into the doors of a church on this Easter Sunday has left with the best news they could hear all year. Mary Magdalene left that day with the greatest news that you could ever have. And the the only thing that makes it good news is that it's true. And it's reliable. And that's your second takeaway. The resurrection of Jesus is reliable. How many with a show of hands, how many of you say that it's important to have someone in your life that's reliable? Someone that that you can trust? How many of us believe that it's good to have organizations that are reliable? You go to work and you you rely that they're going to give you a paycheck. Amen? We we know about this here. You know, we're, we're kind of far from it, but... But history speaks to us that worked at the world's largest copper-producing underground mine and, and also one of the greatest uh, modern flash furnaces, magma copper, because we relied on that income. I worked in the mine for many years before I became a minister. You relied on that weekly, and then when that mine shut down, you found out that sometimes organizations are not reliable. Amen? It, it, it speaks to us about trying to to find what's reliable because when things are not reliable, it brings uncertainty and doubt 
And when you find that you have doubt, it can bring fear. And we need something to help us. The, the, the CEO for American Airlines, he's, he's a past CEO. His name is Oscar Munoz. He, he said it like this. He said, uncertainty always creates doubt. And doubt will create fear. You see, people need a solid foundation to put their doubts to rest. And you find this solid foundation in Jesus Christ. You, you find this solid foundation in the truth of the resurrection of Jesus. Because we're all living in a tension. We, we have this tension in, in, in life. And there's a tension between faith and fear. There's a tension between reliability and those that are unreliable. There, there's this tension between truth and error. All of us are trying to have faith. All of us are wanting to walk in truth. All of us want reliability in life. And you may be here and you have questions. You may be saying, you know, I, I need to know if, if this is real, if, if this is true. Because you're in this tension and maybe you're, you, you, you've got this, this, this doubt, maybe you have this uncertainty, maybe you have this fear. And the only thing that will extinguish that is Jesus. And I love this. Because there's a man that comes onto the scene. It's the same narrative. And there, there's a man whose name is Thomas. And I love Thomas because Thomas always asks the right questions. I don't look at Thomas and say that's doubting Thomas. I say this Thomas who asked the right questions. It was Thomas that said to Jesus, we don't know the way. And Jesus said to Thomas and to his disciples, he says, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, if Thomas would have not asked that question, all of us in here would not have benefited and at least been able to ponder, is Jesus the way? Is Jesus truth? Is he life? And so again in this narrative, we find, we pick it up in verse 24. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them and the doors were locked. And I love this. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. And what I love about this is that there's no bondage, there's no locks that can ever keep the power of Jesus out of your life. There's nothing that you're in right now that Jesus cannot break, that he can set you free. And his words to the disciples were this, Peace be with 
you. And he said to Thomas, put your, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And Thomas said, my Lord, curios. That's what that word is, curios. Supreme in authority. He said, I, I have had, I've had other things that have been, that I put over, over you, but you are Lord, you are supreme, and, and there's some of you in here that, that maybe you've had other things, or you have other things that, are, that, are, that you put above God. Let me tell you that because of the truth of the resurrection, because of the reliability of Jesus Christ, just like Thomas, you can say, my Lord. And I believe that today's a day that there will be some of you in here that you're going to make a profession of faith and that you're going to follow Jesus from this day forward. Just like Thomas. He said, my Lord, Urios, my God. And Jesus received that. And he said, my peace, my peace be with you. And if your life is absent of peace, it's because it's absent of Jesus. If your life is beyond your control, it's because Jesus has not become your God. Because there's nothing bigger than Jesus. There's nothing that's over him. He has all authority over everything that you're facing right now, over everything that you're trying to navigate through. And he is reliable. He's the one that you need. He's the one that will help. And what I've come to find out is he, he changed the life of Thomas that day. He changed the life of Mary Magdalene. He changed the life of John, the sprinter. And if you don't know that, just ask him. He changed the life of the slowpoke, Peter. But he's still changing the lives of people today. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is still transforming lives today I talked about about Gary White you know and and Gary he's a completely different person today and progressively God has God has brought him and and delivered him from addiction and and that 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 deliverance came in came in it was a process it wasn't like instantaneously but in the last year as he's come back, I remember he met with the elders because he, you know, wanted to talk to us about doing that work. And, he's, and, and when he sat there, there was a peace. And, and we had gone to, through, um, um, uh, what was it, 21 days of prayer. And, and I, looking at the Chris and Terry Budke, who are, lead our prayer team, do a wonderful job. And, um, and so Gary connected to the 21 days of prayer. He had never done that. And he said, Pastor, I've been praying. I've been reading the devotions. He said, and after these 21 days, I decided not to, not to quit. 
So I'm going on 30 days now. This was, this was before. And the, and the word of God, because it is God's word, began to work on his heart. It began to transform his life. And he came and he met with us. His countenance was completely different. And, and he said, you know, I, I, I gave up these addictions. God, God broke them. He did it. And, and then he, he, he walked. I'll never forget this. He walked into the, the back property. And, and, and as he was walking over there, he came back. And, and I, said, I said, Gary, how are you doing? He said, I, I just feel peace that I've never felt in my whole life. I've never felt peace like this. I said, bro, let me tell you something. That peace is not peace that you get from me. And that's peace that you can't get from you. That's peace that you got from Jesus Christ. And so this, this past week, I, I go to, to, the, to the campus in the Copper Corridor, and I go knock on his, on his travel trailer. That's where he's staying right now. And I go, in, and he says, Pastor, he's, and, he, and he, I, I, as I look inside, he's got his Bible open, and he's reading the Word of God. And it just completely changed his life. And Gary is, 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 is one of, of many. There, there's this guy that, that, that he throws the, the pigskin around. And, you know, some, some little dude that you probably never heard, heard about him, but uh, his name is Patrick Mahomes. And, and Patrick Mahomes, he put it like this. He said, he, said, he said, my Christian faith plays a role in everything that I do. I always ask God to lead me in the right direction. And let me be who I am for his name. Now, now, Patrick Mahomes is not a perfect guy. He falls short of the glory of God. The only one that's perfect is Jesus. But Patrick Mahomes has enough sense to say, I need the Savior. And the resurrection power is working in and through his life. You know, the... the, the Jesus talks to Thomas, and he says to Thomas in, in verse 29, he said, you believe because you've seen me, Thomas. But blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That's important. So we're driving to, to, to um, the Copper Corridor yesterday, my wife and I, and I don't know if you guys have seen the flowers. I have never seen it like this in all the years I've been here. And we're driving through Mammoth. Let me say this again. We're driving through Mammoth. Anyone from Mammoth here? Go Mammoth! I'm driving through Mammoth, and I look to the side, and I say, Shauna, I have never seen the colors that I'm seeing in these flowers. I have never seen those flowers. And I said these words. I said, if people don't believe that there's a God, when you look at the wild flowers and how beautiful they are, I don't know what will make them believe. And Shauna said, babe, they can't even see the flowers without seeing Jesus. Thomas told, I mean, Jesus told Thomas, blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. Because when you put your faith in Jesus, he opens up your eyes to see the flowers. He opens up your eyes to see what's beautiful. Because you cannot realize beautiful until you have the beautiful one. Uh, another, another modern, uh, modern uh, uh, figure, uh, you, you might not have heard about him. He does a little bit of acting, small acting, not, not big. His name is Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg put it like this. He says, anything that's good in my life is because of my faith. 
a lot of people, they get in trouble, they go to jail, and they find God, and the minute that they don't need God anymore, they're gone. And that does happen sometimes. He says, but I, I spend a, a, a good portion of my day thanking God for all the blessings that have been bestowed on me. If it all ended today, I'd be happy. I've had such an amazing journey. How many of you look at your life with a lens that discerns your accomplishments with the goodness of God? How many of you look at, at your life and you say, you know what, without God, I'd have nothing, even if I had everything. And you look at your life and you say, because of God, I have everything. It doesn't matter what my state is, materially, socially, ethnically, whatever it is, I am secure in who I am because of Jesus. And it would be wrong of me if I didn't invite you to know Jesus if you don't. You see, today's a day that Jesus wants to make himself real in your life. Today's a day that no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what the trouble is that you're facing, no matter what your doubts are, today is the day that Jesus wants to make himself real. Jesus wants to be the answer to your biggest dilemma, which is death. He wants to bring life, eternal life and an abundant life. I've been impacted by a lot of people. There's a guy that I read quite a bit now. And he is probably modern, modern day's most influential intellect. His name is Jordan Peterson. Anyone heard Jordan Peterson? Anyone heard that name? I, I, I read him, I, I hear him. And in, in the last couple of years, Jordan Peterson's been on this track where he's been trying to uh, navigate faith and, 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 and uh, belief. Very, very, very sharp guy. And in this quest, um, his wife got cancer. And his wife, uh, she dove into Jesus. And God healed her from her, uh, from her illness. His daughter, Michaela Peterson, and you just write these names down. You can look them up. And Michaela Peterson is very, very, very influential on on, uh, on uh, YouTube and other places. Very, very sharp girl as well. And she recently came to faith in Jesus Christ. And it teaches me, and, and let me go back to Jordan. And so Jordan Peterson right now is in that place that everything about his life is God calling him to faith. Now, where are you? Where are you? Are you ready to breach that threshold of faith? Are you ready to say, Jesus, I'm ready? 
take over my life. I need your peace. I trust the resurrection power that came on that first Easter morning. Or are you going to walk out today saying, I got this. And God will let you. God will let you. But I'll tell you right now that 30 years ago, when this guy right here was lost as lost could be, and inside of my heart, I had so much anxiety, I had so much doubt, I was so broken, but I was this machismo Mexican, and, and machismo Mexicans don't ever let people know that they're afraid or that they're apprehensive. But I remember looking up to the sky and I said, God, if you're real, show me. And he began to reveal Jesus to me. And the day that I gave my life to Jesus Christ was the greatest day in the history of mankind except for Jesus' death and resurrection. Because he saved me. And he wants to save you today. He wants to walk with you. He wants to help you. He wants to enable you. He does not want for you to be defined by your past. He does not want for you to think of yourself as not worth anything. He wants to give you your worth back. And that's what the resurrection is all about. Jesus came to make all things new. And why would you leave here without accepting that? Why would you leave it here? Try it and see that the Lord is good. Try him and taste of him and see that there's no one like Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. It's, a, it's an invitation for you to say yes to Jesus. And then I'm going to ask the, the people that are saying yes, would you, you know, would you raise your hand? And, and I don't know if it's like an attendance, you know, like, yes, uh, James Reese here. Uh, you know, we, we look at things, it's, it's so silly because Jesus wasn't embarrassed of us. He wasn't fearful, you know, to say that I'm going to die for, for you. Jesus did it openly and he was just very excited about, uh, about him making all things new. And so I'm just going to challenge every person in here. If you haven't said yes to Jesus, today's your day to do it boldly, to do it confidently with an assurance that your life will never be the same for the good. Are you with me? So I'm going to lead you in this simple prayer. It says, God, thank you for speaking to my heart today, Lord. Thank you for revealing your love through the cross of Jesus. Lord, I'm, I'm tired of trying to do my life by myself, on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of messing things up. I'm, I'm tired of the relational problems that I have, the financial problems, Lord, the, the emotional instability that I have, Lord. You, you know that. You know me. Today, I, I admit that I need you in my life. I admit that I'm a sinner and I fall short of, of your glory. But I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. 
I believe today that Jesus is my Savior. That he went to the cross at Calvary and died for all my sins. That he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he, he would. And so today I confess Jesus as my Lord. And if that's you, just, just say that to him. I, I confess Jesus as my Lord. And I choose to follow him from this day forward. And I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we seal it, Lord God, with your truth. Thank you, Lord, for being here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Everybody look at me real quick because we're not going to be ashamed or we're not going to be embarrassed or fearful. I believe that God has worked on hearts today. I believe that God has stirred your emotions, but he's also stirred your reasoning. Christ followers are not dummies. In fact, we make the greatest choice there could ever be to be made by following the creator and the sustainer of life. And if today that's you, that you're saying, I'm giving my life to Jesus, I have said yes to him becoming my Lord and my God, I want you just to raise your hand. And we've got something that we're going, amen, bro, I see that. And I'm not, that's, that's, that's awesome. We've got something we're going to give you. So everybody that raises your hand, we've got something that we're going to give you. It's, it's, it's this booklet that says Made New. It's a 28-day journey of faith. So just keep your hands raised because we're going to get that to you. It's important. I see those hands over there. That's beautiful. So keep those hands up. Don't ever be embarrassed of Jesus. Don't ever be embarrassed of Jesus because one of these days we're going to stand before him. If this is true, we're going to stand before him. And so I would, I would just, it, 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 it's a beautiful choice that every person has in here. Just keep your hands raised if you, if you need a booklet. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful choice that, uh, there's another hand back there in the back. Um, we're privileged. We're not forced. We're not forced to do anything in life. And that's because of God. He gave us this beautiful choice. And so today's a wonderful day. And we did a song earlier about dancing, right? How do, you, you, you're going to close with a beautiful song. I know that. Whatever you got, Cheryl, go with that. Um, but we did a song about dancing. You know, the, 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 the Bible says that when, when one sinner repents, that the angels in heaven dance. They rejoice. I don't know about you, but I rejoice whenever something happens good that God does. And what could be better than someone finding their eternity in Jesus Christ? So can we clap for those people that said yes to Jesus? Can we just say, yeah. God loves you. Happy Resurrection Day 2023. He is risen. God bless you. Let's stand up and worship our King.